So really don't start with the tool. There are other things you should have upfront because a shitty process at the end, even if you use cool tools, will be a shitty process. Welcome to the Azure Working Model Podcast. My name is Roman and I'm looking forward to host you in today's episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Agile Working Model Podcast. My name is Roman, I'm your host and today's session is a bit of a freestyle session as I am just speaking right from the field, right from the practice and I want to talk to you a bit about tools, especially about digital tools um, in a world of agile environment. And I think there are tons of and plenty of tools. Um, however, over the last years, um, I worked with, with really much and a lot of tools. And I'd like just to give you some feedback on um, where I see like, you know, challenges um, of those tools and um, advantages and what tools are like for which purpose. So that's really hands-on. That's a bit of a freestyle session. I'm honest, I didn't prepare any notes. So I would just go through the thoughts which are coming up and um, let you know um, everything about agile tools, um, what I experienced. So first of all, what I want to say up front, um, don't get me wrong, um, agile isn't based on tools and that's, that's really important to understand. So you shouldn't think about the way, Hey, I buy Jira, I buy, um, DevOps or whatever. And, um, now I'm running agile. That's totally wrong. Um, a tool is just a tool. And, uh, if you run agile in a, sorry for that shitty way, agile will be still shitty afterwards, even if you use a tool called Jira, Basecamp, Trello, whatever you want to call it. So first start different, start at the processes, start at the rituals, start at your people, um, at your values, whatever's coming up first and make sure that it's, that it's going to work out um, before you bomb people with tools because um, tools are on the one hand getting really fast, really expensive. Um, that's one big learning. And tools are also, on the other hand, um, hiding information in any digital world. Um, and one, one key success for, for an agile working model is transparency. And uh, if you choose a tool, um, be aware of that, that transparency has to be kept up. And that's, that's a pretty, pretty hard job often. So yeah, that's just before we jump into, into different tools. And actually, I'd like to talk mainly about three tools today, kind of. Um, the first tool, well, it's, it's like more sub-tools underneath, is obviously Atlassian, Jira, Confluence world. Um, the second tool is Basecamp. It's, it's kind of a bit of a niche. Well, you can't say that. They have millions of people using it, but not everybody knows Basecamp yet. So that's why I'm saying it's a niche. Um, however, I work now with it over one and a half years and I'm, I'm pretty stoked. It's, it's a pretty cool tool. It makes a lot of sense in some environments. And last but not least, I just want to, to give you an, a short excourse on GitLab and GitLab issue tracking because GitLab comes with issue tracking out of the box and also not a lot of product owners, scrum masters know that. 
Um, actually, a lot of developers know that, which is pretty interesting. And yeah, maybe maybe there are some advantages and disadvantages. And uh, I just want to show you um, what I experienced there. But the first tool, and that's that's pretty pretty simple. I would like to share with you is paper. Uh, don't get me wrong, but I'm just reminding myself about a big project um, where we came up with a team of um, at the end nine people and our customer uh, wanted us to develop a special software for him in the field of production. And we, yeah, we were at the customer for over nine sprints and one sprint was four weeks long. So pretty long amount of time. And in, in that time we worked really on spot at the customer. We built up kind of a agile war room. So we sit in there, we created transparency all over what you can experience. And the, the main tool was not any Jira, Basecamp, Trello, whatever. It was basically in three and a half meter long brown paper, which was two meters high. And we started sketching on that tool, our backlog, our in progress, coding, review, testing, whatever columns came up, we decided in a team um, what, what has to be put there. And that's pretty interesting because um, as, as a team, we decided to not use any tool for two reasons. First of all, for us, to keep it easy and simple, to make it very visible, to make it haptic and that you can touch it. And believe me, it is something different when you take a ticket, move it in the hand and put it back on the board than just dropping a ticket anywhere in the Jira journal. And the other big reason was uh, to, to create transparency also for the customer. Uh, at the end, it came up that the customer brought all the project managers from that company in and said like, guys, that, that's a tool that's simple, that's straightforward. I, as a customer, know where we're standing. The team knows where it's standing. It's transparent. It makes sense. And obviously, that's, that's a very basic and simple tool. But first recommendation, whenever you can, start with paper. It's so simple, it's so easy, it's so good for the brain. And actually, I experienced that a lot of developers love it. However, obviously, especially in times of Corona and so on, it doesn't work that easy with paper. And even if you have distrib distributed teams, or especially when you have distributed teams, which is, which is often the case in today's companies, um, you need different tools. You need tools that make it possible to work digital together. And yeah, I think the biggest known one uh, in that field is obviously Atlassian with all the tools underneath, Jira, Confluence, DevOps, and so on. Um, and yeah, from my perspective, Jira is a really, really great tool. And maybe that's, that's the first jump in now into the Atlassian world. I just want to share some thoughts here um, in that field, how I experienced it. And yeah, um, let me start with that way. Jira is straightforward on the one hand, but on the other hand, it's really complex. And um, you can do really a lot of fancy things in there. And the more fancy you, you, you get, uh, the more complex it also gets. Um, not only for you as a product owner or agile coach or what you ever want to call yourself, but also um, especially then for people who are working with that on a daily basis, like, you know, your developers and so on. Ah, sorry, I didn't turn off my sound from the Mac. Now it is. Um, however, um, what, what Jira am I talking about? So there are different versions of Jira, Jira Align, Jira Software, Jira Core, 
But if you're talking about Jira, you mainly mean Jira software. So that's the, the core product, the, the, the important product. Uh, and it's an issue tracker. So an issue tracker means that you have um, tickets, that you have your to-dos on a kind of a virtual card, like I just described on a paper card. And you move things from the left to the right through columns, to-do and progress, whatever your columns have. And Jira obviously comes with tons of features, user, handling, reports, release management, components, issue tracking, repositories, and so on and so on. Um, however, I always start simple and uh, try to keep this ads as simple as possible. And I'm, I'm just hopping into, the, into a bit of more detail. So if you're not that firm with Jira yet, just go to atlassian.com slash software slash Jira. And there are a lot of simple things, you know, where you can jump into and, and understand, but that's kind of, you know, best practice now from the field here. And what I experienced and what I often see is that teams start from the beginning wrong in Jira. So um, when you choose your working model, for example, teams just set up a Kanban board instead of a scrum project. And that's, that's already, you know, the first big problem because scrum project and Kanban projects in Jira are working different. So if you're tending to work in iterations, if you're working in sprints, always choose scrum projects. Why? Because you have many more features than just in a simple Kanban project um, where you basically are optimizing, you know, your flow and um, try to, to get tickets done and, let them flow through your board but on on the sprint side like on a scrum base or like iterational procedure you're trying to plan an sprint you're trying to plan an iteration and that's why the scrum project comes with features like a, a huge backlog management possibility and that's especially handy for product owners where you can align them through epics where you can connect them and so on and so on and i'd like to jump into the in the scrum project a bit and when you're working in sprints and me i'm often in the role of a product owner i just learned that it makes a lot of sense that you can structure your backlog within gyro and i'm structuring my backlog in pretty simple ways there are a lot of workarounds and you know there are like a lot of tools and plugin you can use but from my side it's fairly simple if you're using um the sprint or the, the Scrum project in Jira, um, you will end up with a huge backlog of tons of tickets and you often lose the overview. That's why what I'm doing, and that's a recommendation for you when you work in Jira, set up three or four sprints up front in that backlog. So you have like your roadmap already kind of included. Well, it's, it's a really, you know, like incremental roadmap then. However, you can plan a bit as a product owner or as you know, product manager and see like what's coming up there uh, within the next sprint. So that's one recommendation from my side. Uh, try to structure your backlog with um, placeholders like uh, for critical tickets, for park tickets, whatever is coming up, make it visible, make it transparent. That's one big thing I learned with working in Jira, make stuff as simple and as transparent as it is and possibly is. Because often stuff gets lost and, you know, that's, that's a shame. Um, one last thing regarding the Jira stuff. Uh, it is super critical from the beginning, from my perspective, to have really a template for tickets. Use template for tickets. 
um, that they look all the same, that you have the same description, like that you have bullet points, whatever your ticket looks like, um, your description, it's really important to use those templates um, because then you don't get, you know, like a jungle of tickets at the end and nobody knows um, what the ticket means. Um, what we do is we just create a task which is lying on a backlog and call it task template uh, with a big um, emphasis to do not change or delete this. And yeah, in, the, in that template, there's just a short description at the top with kind of a bit of fluent text. Then we have details with bullet points and then we include the def definition of done. Um, and definition of done exists, for example, to from code review to integrate it into a clean build and so on, whatever your definition of done is. So just some tips on Jira. Um, zooming out again, Atlassian, that world of Atlassian is great. I really, really love it. And from my perspective, I would really recommend Jira in combination with Confluence. I didn't jump into Confluence that much now, but for you just to, to understand the main part of Confluence, it's knowledge sharing and working together on documents. And you can link it uh, on Jira issues, connect them. It's really one big good world. And from my perspective, Atlassian provides fundamental, a good tool um, for developing a product. From my perspective, it's awesome to develop products um, in, in iteration over sprints and so on. It's really perfect for that. Um, we, as we're running our uh, startup Connectilo, um, where we create a tech um, product, we are we're using Jira and Confluence and, and it's awesome. It's really perfect to, to develop products, to work on products, to let them grow and so on. Start small. Start simple and learn on the way and adapt. Um, however, just keep in mind, um, Jira and Lacian World, from my perspective, it's perfect to handle, handle products and product development. For projects, and that's the next kind of tool I'd like to, to present you, um, we are using um, Basecamp. And Basecamp is uh, a tool that, yeah, kind of claims itself to say like we replace everything all in one toolkit. And I'm, I'm often quite critical with that sentence. You know, there are a lot of tools trying to bring it all into one and centralize everything. Uh, Basecamp does that already very well from my perspective. Um, however, I'm, I'm still missing features, especially when you're coming from that agile perspective and working as a product owner, like estimation and so on. There are a lot of features that you just don't have, like in, in Jira, for example. Um, but what I learned over the last couple of years that Basecamp is perfect to work in projects. So if you're not developing your own product, if you're working, for example, for a customer, say like you have that project to build an app or whatever it is, um, you're working together with a customer, Basecamp is the tool you want to have. Um, it's so simple. It's platform independent as all those big tools right now. Uh, you have, however, a lot of... Um, available versions for desktop and mobiles and so on. And what Basecamp kind of has is that you have the ability to set up teams and projects and, you know, you have one project and within one project you have different kind of um, fields you can fill. So it consists mainly of the message board where you can post messages and discuss to them. It's not like a chat. It's really related to that message and that's the biggest feature I love about Basecamp, it's all related to 
the point you want to discuss at. So it's not like in Slack, for example, where you have one chat and you never find what you want to find. It's like really on that point, what you want to discuss, you discuss on that point. So um, the, the, the project consists then at the end of the message board, to-dos, where you can sort, order, and so on to-dos. A group chat, that's just a simple fairly chat. A schedule where you can plan and you know put all your appointments and stuff inside. Automatic check-ins, that's also a pretty cool feature where Basecamp asks you, hey, um, got any tips for remote works? What's happening? Did you learn something last week and so on? You can handle docs and files within Basecamp projects and um, you have also the function of email forwarding. So you can directly forward emails into it and discuss to that email without ping-ponging emails within your team. So um, I don't want to get too much into detail for Basecamp or you know just um, um, advertise here the, the, the product, but from my understanding and from my learning, Basecamp is awesome for projects, especially when you work together with customers directly in one project because you can include them. And that's one big cool feature uh, of Basecamp. You include your customers and they have different rights. You can, you can control what they can access, what they can see. And, and that creates that transparency, what I was just telling up front. You know, if you don't have the possibility to set up a room where you just put everything on a wall and say like, hey, dear customer, you know now where we're standing, then try to, to bring them in. And it's fairly simple in Basecamp to get a client, they call it client, uh, within your project and just you know share and see where they are what what happens there so big recommendation from my side if you work in project use Basecamp give it a shout out give it a try it's super good uh, they have also free version if you're just running three projects um, and it's really enough for the most cases if you're a freelancer or so um, give it a try check it out basecamp.com and Last but not least, um, I quickly want to uh, tell you about GitLab issue tracking. So um, what is GitLab? I think a lot of people know that already. GitLab is um, yeah, kind of the open source version to GitHub where you have the possibility to set up repositories to um, manage and organize your code. And um, GitLab comes already with a lot of features. So um, it's pretty big already. It's already like, you know, more than just code handling. It's handling from um, groups, projects to repositories, issues, continuous integration, pipelines, and so on. Uh, a lot of stuff for you even has wiki options and so on. Um, however, it comes also with kind of an light version to manage issues and tickets and tasks. And in GitLab, it's just called issues and it's built up by a list, which is kind of a backlog where you can put up issues, collect them, and then you have boards and you can create different boards um, for your development team, for what team you ever have. You can create um, columns in there, like to do, doing, and so on, what is the progress? And you can track your tasks there. Um, you can even set up kind of milestones, like, you know, if you need that and say like, hey, we are working in three sprints and the next milestone is a release after three sprints. I don't know what milestones you would like to have. Um, so that's that's some pretty simple and easy version to have an issue tracking ability, which costs you at the end nothing if you host um, GitLab by yourself. However, it doesn't provide as many features as uh, 
for example, Jira also does. But what I learned, if you work with developers um, and if you're developing code, um, a lot of developers just love GitLab. GitLab is kind of a standard already and developers love using issues in GitLab. Don't ask me why, it's just pretty simple apparently. And if you're pushing or committing, you can directly link to that issue. Um, it's obviously really um, a feature that developers love. Um, on the other side, if you're running, you know, um, serious product development, um, GitLab won't be uh, the number one or wouldn't be the one number one I, I chose for uh, issue tracking for handling everything. Why? It's just, you know, it's, it's really simple. It doesn't provide that much abilities. Um, there are integrations and so on. Um, however, it's limited. It's limited. It gives you abilities. So um, from my perspective, it's, it's awesome if you're starting prototyping, if you're working with that, if you're giving a try, if you want to build an MVP, um, just give it a shout, give it a try and start lean. It's really a lean start. Um, and you just need at the end GitLab because you're managing your code in there. You have a list of to-dos. You're just working on a board and it starts on. So that's pretty cool from my perspective, if you actually want to develop an MVP. And then at a, at a certain point, you, from my perspe perspective, you should switch to kind of a bigger thing like Jira, for example, um, to proper handle releases, to proper get an overview in, in the fields of epics and so on. If you all need that, on the other hand, you know, um, always ask yourself, what do you really need within your agile working model? Um, and if you just say, well, I don't need that much and I'm fine with that, go for it. That's fine for me. Um, that's just some experience from the field. So wrapping it up um, in today's episode, I wanted to give you an overview um, about three tools about the world of Atlassian, um, including Jira and Confluence and many more tools, which is from my side, perfect if you really running a business that builds on product, an IT product and software product, and you want to organize it and scale it on a professional base, um, go for Jira, that's my recommendation. Uh, the next tool I presented is Basecamp, which is from my side, awesome if you work together with clients, want to create transparency, even in, in the digital world, you can include them and you can run your project perfect together with your customers. And last but not least, I uh, showed you GitLab and GitLab is um, perfect for building MVPs and to make your developers happy as a lot of developers love GitLab. Um, and you have the ability to track issues, you have a list, you have a board, so it's really MVP, you start lean um, and then go for GitLab. Wrapping it up and um, telling you again the important thing, don't start with the tool. That's also my perspective. There are a lot of good tools, that's that's true, but you have to start anywhere else. If you want to set up an agile um, working model, ask yourself, um, what do you need? Why do you need that? How is your process? Who are your involved people? Um, what roles do they do? And so on. So really don't start with the tool. There are other things you should have upfront because a shitty process at the end, even if you use cool tools, will be a shitty process. And um, that should be from my side. Uh, I just can motivate you to go out, enjoy the world of Agile, build your Agile working model. And I'm looking forward 
to get any feedbacks, get any questions, whenever it is, feel free to come back to me. You can reach out on romanpaske.de or on Instagram, just romanpaske in Instagram. And um, yeah, feel free to share the podcast and I'm looking forward to hear from you. Have a nice evening and goodbye. <laughs>